Hi, it's Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. How are you doing? Number 233 on this February 18th. And I, I'm pleased to be joined by a special guest, uh, another veteran, U.S. Army, who started his own business in a very unique field that I haven't had on before. Um, I want to welcome Jim Musgrave, Army First Sergeant, to Oscar Mike Radio. Sir, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Pleased to be here. It's been great. Uh, I got connected with you through a Marine I served with, and here we are. But but first things first, I kind of, you were in the Army, and I yes. kind of want to hear more about that first, because, uh, you, you know, you're not, you're not the most typical Army guy I've talked to. So tell me about your Army life. Well, I spent 20-plus uh, years in the Army, and it kind of disciplines you because, you know, coming fresh out of high school, joining the military, it's a whole new way of life. I know when I was on the bus going to my first post, got off the bus, and they were like, maggot this, maggot that. Get over here, maggot. You know, it's like it's something it just – you know, takes you completely out of the world you started in and puts you in a whole new category. Right, right. So what, what was your uh, uh, MOS in the Army? I was a 63 Delta track mechanic. Oh, so did you work on tanks and Bradleys and stuff like that? Uh, field artillery. Oh, nice. Alistairs, the big guns. Yeah, they've got one now they're testing, uh, I saw, where it, it can fire, they, they fired a projectile and they got it on target, not just one, but multiples, 43 miles away. I just couldn't believe that. Yeah, that's the artillery I was in. That's the way we were. We could actually shoot around. It was 210 pounds. That projectile would go 52 miles, and you could hit a Volkswagen car with it. That's how accurate it was. Well, that just... Uh... That's scary in a good way, and I'm glad that uh, that's on our side. So it's it's my understanding, and this is where I kind of want to dig in a little bit, that, you know, you were in for 20-plus years, and did you, you retired as a first sergeant, right? Right. Okay, okay. So so this, this is fantastic, folks, because when I was in the Marine Corps, Jim, I swear to God that first sergeants hated me. And I didn't even do anything wrong. I, I was not a troublesome Marine, I, I promise. But it didn't matter if you were, it wasn't until about E6 that they actually kind of were nice to, to E6s and above, the, the, the staff sergeants and gunnies. Sergeants below, it was just, they, they laid hate wherever they go. It didn't matter what I did. That first sergeant hated me. Uh, and I never figured out why. Why did he, he, he didn't? Some... He didn't hate you. What? He was just, put, <laughs> he didn't hate you. That's how they build morale and how they, build stamina in you guys how does how does that build morale because it didn't feel like morale building when <laughs> you were getting you know punished for somebody else's screw-ups well i don't know about the punishment part but i know that uh you know you want to try to build everybody up from the bottom up and you want your best people and if they can't handle it then you got to get rid of them whether they're overweight whatever it is you don't want you know, people you can't depend on, especially in time of war. We had a couple that, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. We had a couple that, I will say this in fairness, if you if you follow the rules, did your job, and tried your best to be a good Marine, 
it wasn't quite as bad, but you're right. If, if you were a perpetual mess up and you had PT problems, shooting problems, weight problems, they disappeared. They were just yep. magically gone. Yep. You have to weed them out. <laughs> so that's what all that was, I guess. Because oh, yeah. I okay. All right. You it, only want the best of the best. That makes sense now, I, I guess so, in a real weird way. But I, I never, when, when we saw the first sergeant coming, we made sure that we weren't around so he could, you know, really get to know us. We, we, we skedaddled. It was, it was funny. So you get to do this, though. And as a first sergeant, it's not just all crime and punishment. There's a whole lot you all do to take care of the troops underneath your care, right? Oh, yes. Like deployments to Bosnia, deployments to... Iraq, you know, there's so much you got to do and maintain, you know, records, shot records, everything else that they're not aware of what you do, but you got to be able to, you know, put meals on the ground for them, you know, and keep them safe at the same time. Because it's a dangerous job, right? I mean, it's, it's, you did mechanic work, but still, I try to tell people they might not be on the front lines fighting, but you know, that equipment, if you don't respect it, will will hurt you or kill you. Yeah, and we've had we had several people that got killed with using the equipment. You know, you know so so it, there, there's a constant care aspect is my understanding with the first sergeant, uh, you know, billet or role, regardless of service, whether it's Navy, Air Force at that level, you're really taking care of the people underneath of you. Yeah, you have to. Your job's on the line. And then having to write a letter to one of these family members, their mom or their dad on how they got hurt, killed, what have you, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you. So you do this and you serve, you've seen the army change and, and you separate, you retired and you, you get out. What was the transition process like for you? Well, the first uh, month I didn't do anything. I had to focus on what I wanted to do where I wanted to go. And <clears throat> then it was a flip flop, you know, this job, that job until you found one that you liked. Cause the, it's a dog eat dog world. Once you get out of the military, you don't have everything backing you like you did in the military. Everybody's out to get that top dog position. They want the money. Right. Right. So, you bounced around, you, you tried some different jobs or just took some time to really figure out what you wanted to do? Oh, I tried a few different things. I dabbled in, uh, in, uh, I worked for Home Depot. I worked for Walmart. I did, uh, opened up a hair salon. You know, it's just, it's weird, but you know, there's a lot of money in hair salon. Isn't it though? Like, like when my sisters and, and, and you know, my now ex-wife but and buddy's wives kind of slip how much it costs to get hair done, I, I don't know how they do it. And they I know, do it I, gladly. I know, they do. And it's like, I mean, I was averaging, you know, over 5000 a month at the hair salon. And I had 12 people working for me. Get out. We're in the wrong business, man. I mean, I've thought about it. I'm like... It, Wow. Because I mean, my sister religiously, I'm when during COVID, when she uh, couldn't get her hair done, those are some bad times. Oh, yeah. 
How about I your mean, women? But they went to a dark place. They were not happy. <laughs> well, that's it. If they can't get their nails done and their hair done, oh, they're just not there. Right, right. So by all means, if you can profit off that, I mean, I have nothing wrong with that. I mean, you got to do it. So you do all this. And then, you know, how we met is Chris sends me this uh, link to your website and you have this thing called the, the D bar or the home defense bar. And I, I saw this thing and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is like a, a, a need that needs to be filled in a very creative way. Now, how did all that start to, to happen for you? Well, I worked for home, Homeland Security and then 20 years in the military, you know, I pretty much know a lot about safety. And after somebody broke into my house, I figured, you know, there's got to be a way I can secure these doors where I don't have to worry about somebody breaking in. So I, that's where I came up with the D-bar. And then being since 2000, I've remodeled homes. So I know the inside and outside of homes and I'm still remodeling homes today. But as the D-bar, the, I designed it, you know, and I had it on my door for almost eight years. And then in the middle of the night, it was like I sat up in bed and it said, Patton, Patton. I'm like, Patton, Patton what? I didn't understand what the heck was going on. And then I got out, got ready to go to work and I went to unlock the door. I unlocked the D-bar and it dawned on me right then and there, Patton the D-bar. And That's now, amazing. now I've, you know, put it out there and a lot of people, I mean, they don't even want to sleep at night without locking that D-bar. My neighbor's a cop. I had to put one on her front door and her back door so she'd feel safe. Do you have a D-bar in front of you that you can show us? Oh my word. So, so explain what I'm, cause I saw it and I'm like, this is not some made in China or made, you know, in, in no, this in is made right here in the USA. So it's made in the USA. Now, what am I looking at here? Because this was like a serious piece of steel here. It is a solid piece of steel. It's 732nd steel plate. You've got a half inch steel bar, a spring, and the bar comes down and locks in. And once it's locked in, it ain't going nowhere. It goes into the floor two inches. Oh my word. So in order to get in, they have to destroy the door. My neighbor came over and helped me uh, bust a door with this on it, and he couldn't get in it. He was like, I have to have one. So as soon as, as, soon as uh, we got done destroying the door, he bought one. So what, are, you, are you saying that, you know, because are you saying that modern homes' doors aren't really that sturdy? or just the door is a logical place to, you know, protect because it's a threat vector? Well, the modern doors, they're metal, but they're uh, styrofoam filled. So they're not like a solid door like they used to be. And I'm finding out that the door jams are weak too. So you can put your deadbolt in it and you can lock the door, but that doesn't go anywhere. That goes in, you know, a quarter of an inch to an inch and a half, maybe into the door jam. One solid kick and it's open. 
we can rip your door jam right out. With this, it goes into your floor two inches. So even though they bust through the door jam, they're not going to come in the bottom of that door because it's not going to let them in. And I'm working on another one, a six inch one that you can put at the top of your door. So I'm, I'm a weightlifter now. Uh, you know, I don't really run anymore because I think running's bad for you. But that being said, you're saying a guy like me, a, a strong guy, would have difficulty. It'd be difficult, if not impossible, for me to come up with my bare hands, no sledgehammer or anything, and, and, and break that door down like they do in the movies or you see on cop shows. Yeah, you're not going to do it. I'm not sure I want to put them to the test, folks, but you've had this tested before. And so what's the purpose of this? Because you put this on your house, someone's still trying to get in. Is this just buying you time to call 911, uh, protect yourself through your, your personal defense plan? Or, or, or how? what's it actually do for the homeowner or person using it? Well, it's an extra layer of security because you got your door locked. You got this in the floor, so it gives you time. If you've got a gun, you can get your gun. You can call 911. You can go out the back door, whatever. At least it's going to buy you time because now, I don't know if you've seen it on the web, you can order a little gun that you can stick into the door lock, and within three seconds, you can unlock someone's door. I haven't seen that. Yes, if you go on the Internet and look up, uh, lock picks. There's a little gun that you can stick into the door in three seconds. You can have somebody's door open. Alrighty then. And at least with this, it's going into the floor. So you don't have to worry about, they want to pick the lock. That's fine, but they're still not coming in. And if they want to come in, they're going to, so I have to think about it. If, if you're robbing a house at two o'clock in the morning and you know, there's people there, you can be quiet with one of those type of devices. If you want to break into somebody's house, you've got to make some noise. You've got to attract attention, which is not what yep. robbers don't want to do that. They want to get in and out as quietly as possible. And that's the thing. If they can, <clears throat> you know, a lot of kids kick in doors all the time, but once they kick the door and they find out they still can't get the door open, a lot of times they take off. So, but it's the I've designed it. Uh, I've got a school in Denton that we're looking at now that possibly wants them to put them on their schools. You can put it on your office, your garage, any place that has a door that you feel that you need safety. Well, and it looks, you know, looking on the website, ladies and gentlemen, it, it doesn't look like it takes a rocket scientist to install. You just you know, line up with your door, you drill the hole in your floor and you're, you're done. Or maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it doesn't seem like you've got to be an engineer to install this for your home. No, anybody can install it themselves. There's 10 screws that hold it in there. You drill a half inch hole into the floor, put the insert in it and you're done. You're ready to go to town. It takes less than 15 minutes. Have you ever, has any of your customers ever you know, come back to you and said, Jim, you know, I had this on my door. Somebody tried getting in. They couldn't get in. Has it been tested that way yet? No, no. But everybody that has one loves it. 
They, they've had comments that, you know, they feel safer because it's on their door versus not being on their door. Well, I think, I think what I like about it, and I haven't, I haven't held it yet. I haven't used it myself. I haven't tried to break it down. Although, you know, maybe, maybe we'll do that at a later time. But the one thing I have to say about it is unlike a lot of other home security systems, it's not battery operated. No, it doesn't require a power source. And you know, not only could, you know, you and I use it, you know, it, your, your wife, girlfriend, child could use it. And it's easy to verify if it's being activated or not. I have to think right. those are good qualities. And I've got it designed. I don't know if you can see it, but these two brackets here are designed to where they can go on the other side. So you can put it on a left-hand door or a right-hand door. That's what those, okay. So that's, I wonder what those holes so are. So all you do is unscrew these from the back and then move them over to this side, put them back on and you got it designed for a left-hand door, right-hand door. So it, it's and really- It's spring-loaded, spring so it automatically, it helps assisting when you uh, raise it and lower it. So if there's a fire, you pop the handle and you're out of there. It's not like you got to have a key for a deadbolt or anything like that. Well, I, I was going to ask you about, I mean, this is not very like technically correct, but the bar, the, the actual bar seems very thick. Does the bar actually add to the rigidity? I mean, I know the plate is important, but the bar seem to be, seems to be designed in a way to really kind of keep the whole package together. Like you've got to really impact that bar. Yeah, that's that's a solid steel half inch bar, and each one of these wedges in here help secure this bar to the plate. Okay. So in order to to bend this bar, you got to have some force. So I'm a I'm a I'm a you know young family, um, or I, I'm I travel, or I'm a single mom, you know, with children. And even if I have a firearm, I want to be safe. And seconds matter, right? It, it, it's my understanding. Oh, yes. That, that seconds, seconds matter. matter. And once somebody affects entry into your home, it, it's not like the movies, right? No, you feel violated because, like I said, I had mine broke into and I was only maybe 12 minutes away from my house working on another house when they broke in and they went back out the window. I don't know if they couldn't figure out how to use these because they tried to go out the back door. I've got one on my front door. I got one on my back door, but they ended up going back out the window and cut themselves all up. But, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in it. Well, it just seems like, again, you're, you're, you're that, you know, family, anybody, anybody really can add a layer of a protection to their home that they wouldn't have otherwise. And maybe that's all it takes. Maybe it's like, wait a minute, I can't get in through this door. Um, this is not a place I want to be. It's just a defense in depth thing that I find very interesting. And it's, it's easy to install and it's not complicated to operate. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't want one of these for your home. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I've, Hang on, let me see if I can move you over to my door and I'll show you how easy it is to operate it. Okay, thank you. I don't know if you can see my door. I see your, but... yeah, I see your door. Okay. 
I mean, two fingers, you push it down, and it's in. Yeah, it's just that simple. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, five, six-year-old child can do it. And then it's locked. It's locked in there. It ain't going nowhere. And now it's released. Well, Jim, looking at the home defense bar in action, you know, I, I just, b before we, you know, get to the good stuff, which we're already there, you know, what did it take to get the patent and get this company launched for this product? Well, it took me over a year. I had to go through an attorney, a uh, patent attorney. Because there's so many sites out there that, oh, yeah, give us your information, give us your idea, and we'll take it to the shows here, and we'll do this, and come to find out they're out there to steal your idea. And once they steal it, you have no way of getting it back. So I went through a patent attorney. It cost me some money, almost 20 grand. Oh, yeah, it, they, it's $500. For every 30 minutes that they work on it. So all the sketches, all the write-ups, everything. And it took me a year, which he was shocked because on average, it takes two years to get a patent. Two years? Yeah. And in the meantime, these patent attorneys are just sucking up all their money. So a lot of people try to go to, through some of these, you know, will, will, uh, go through this and that to try to get it cheaper and they steal your ideas, but it's been a long road. So a year to do the patent and then a year to, and then you, you conceived the idea and got all together and then that took time and then a year to the patent. And now how long have you had the product out? I've had the product about six months. And how's the product been received now that you've put it out there? Well, I mean, I've got it on a website right now. Uh, I haven't brought it into Amazon yet, but I was looking at Amazon, Home Depot, Lowe's, some of your big box stores. And But first, I want to see how the, the public likes it. So, I mean, you can go on a web, my website, homedefensebar.com, and you can order one right off the, the website. So you can order off the website. How long does it take to actually install? For, for the average Joe six pack, you know, um, you know, soccer mom, how long would it take the average person to install this in their home? Less than 15 minutes. So it's just winning all around. It's yeah. Awesome. You can have it up and operational in 15 minutes. And it's, it's not battery operated. There's nothing to program. It's simple physics and American steel. Oh, yeah. Own business to do this. Yeah, I, I didn't want to try to go with some of that Chinese steel that I know is weak. And, you know, the amount of pressure you're going to put on this compared to Japanese steel, it's totally different. Th awesome. This one here will sustain three times what Japanese steel will. Really? Okay. Awesome. So, you know, just again, you know, the reason I like talking to uh, people like yourself, Jim, is, you know, you're a veteran, you were in the army for, you know, 20 plus years, which means you didn't just do the same job for 20 years, you had different builds, you had different levels of responsibility, you know, <laughs> all levels of management, taking care of troops, 
you know, taking care of your equipment. You get out, you try different things. And, you know, whether it's from, from hair, <laughs> hair sales to, you know, other things. And you hit on this idea. My, my point is you've had to continually reinvent yourself and succeed at it. And, and, you know, I think veterans do that better than other people. They do. I mean, so many people are just ready to give up, but the thing with the, the military is I just try to tell them, don't give up. If you've got an idea, put it out there. I mean, there's people out there that'll help you. Right. And you know, that's, you know, so many people that get out of the military and it's like, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't find a job. There's people out there needing people to work. Right. You know, and if you've got an idea, put it out there. Somebody will like it. Well, I like this idea that you put out, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll have the, 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 the uh, website link in the show post. And uh, I think next time, Jim, we're going to get me to try to break a door. We'll figure that out. And that sounds uh, good. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I would too. I mean, I'm probably going <laughs> to fail, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to give my best at it. We'll do it right. We'll do it right. So again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have Jim Musgrave on, a U.S. Army veteran, first sergeant, and, you know, been in multiple business ventures and now has the home defense bar system and um, pretty impressed, pretty impressed. And I just want to close this out with saying that, you know, your story is really one of the, one of the big things I love about doing Oscar Mike Radio. Well, I'm glad you had me on here. Hopefully it soaks into a lot of people because you can do anything you put your mind to it. I think that's the biggest message out of this is you had an idea, you put your head down and you, you, you adapt and overcame through all the object the obstacles. And now we have this system that, you know, can really benefit people's lives. You know, one of the things that, <clears throat> that I feel is, uh, you know, like trying to get the patent on it. You know, 20,000, a little over 20, about 22,000 be exact. You know, that's a lot of money to be dishing out of your pocket. But in the long run, it, it'll pay itself off. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You have, you know, the story that I, I've heard before with other veteran-owned businesses, a story that even with COVID-19 and all the, the uncertainty and upheaval of, of last year, like other people, Jim has said, I have this idea. I have this, this, this concept. I want to execute it. And he just went out and did it. And I, I think if you're civilian or military, we all can learn from that. Jim, thanks for coming on. Not a problem. I appreciate you having me. Well, next time we do this, I'm going to try to break down a door. I'm a weightlifter. So I think I'm pretty strong for a guy my age and uh, I, I want to give it a go. But uh, as we say in Hawk, uh, we are mission in flight. And uh, that's how we're going to end this. Thank you again.